Welcome to the Earwig Review, episode three. You'll hear, we're still here with the fan. You may not believe me, but I moved it to the other side of the room and it still sounds the same. What I've realized about this fan is that it's not the air pushing from the front of it that's causing all of this ruckus. It's actually the noise from the back part motor that we're hearing. Thought you should know, but as we learned last week, some fan in the background is better than no fan at all. And if you can't handle the fan, you're going to have to find another show. Because it's Dan for episode three. Now, first things first, the big news at the Earwig Review is that we're now on Apple Podcasts. That means you can click us through the purple app, podcast app, on your iPhone if you have that one, and you can subscribe. You'll see us there. So enjoy it on Apple. Maybe Spotify next, or you can listen on the Substack app which seems also good. Today, let's go through our six posts as usual, starting back on September 4th, all the way till September 9th. And then I wanna read an excerpt from the beginning of the book, Herman's Jail. I'll read the first bit of that. And that should be our show. So, the first post, title, they thought he was an idiot or high or lying. I've imagined a dolphin jumping through a bandsaw. Perhaps there are piles of sawdust all over the ground, and no one has bothered to vacuum them. One side of the dolphin is on the left side of the room, and one side of the dolphin is on the right side of the room. It was a strange magic trick, performed by no one. There were two manholes in the shot. I don't know why. One of the guys that worked there once said that he saw a large fish jump out from one and land into the other. But everyone told him he was an idiot and they thought he was high or lying. I don't know why they didn't have covers on the manholes. Surely that was a workplace hazard by anyone's account. The truth that no one wants to hear 
is that sometimes dolphins end up in the sewer. It's a long journey and it's rare, but it happens. I'm assuming that a dolphin jumped through one manhole and aimed to land in the other across the bandsaw on the way. When the guys came back to the shop after the weekend, they're going to have no idea what the hell happened. But maybe that guy, who they told was an idiot, and who they thought was high or lying, won't seem like he was an idiot, or that he was high or lying, after all. A few on the third last bit, I think I said when the guys came back to the shop after the weekend, they're going to have no idea what the hell happened. It reads, when the guys come back to the shop after the weekend, they're going to have no idea what the hell happened. One thing I've realized is the tenses are have gotten more difficult. I don't know why. I think maybe from writing back between screenplay format and then prose format and gear shifting back and forth so much over the last little while that I've lost sight of it. Well, not entirely. And then in these posts, you never know what's going to be past, present, sometimes moving to future, whatever. Not the end of the world. Not going to ruin the entire idea just because the tense was wrong. Now, thinking about this post, it's pretty good. I think beginning with this idea of a dolphin jumping through a bandsaw being sliced in two, each side of it going to one end of the room, basically this massive piece of sushi ready to go. And there were two sewers, two manhole, open manholes where the dolphin jumped out of one, went through the bandsaw, trying to get to the second manhole back into the sewer to perform this jump, but getting severed in two along the way. There's the person who the title is talking about, the guy who they thought was an idiot or high or lying, once saw a fish going from one manhole to the other. And no one believed him, but lo and behold, when they come back to work after the weekend, maybe they'll think twice about what they thought. I like the post. I think it works. And that's what I have to say about it. Let's go to September 5th. I paused for a moment there, trying to remember the state of mind I might have been in when I wrote that one. But I don't, I do not remember. 
Maybe it'll come to me. Moving to September 5th, Chipmunk on Earth. Chipmunk on Earth. Perhaps there's no information to be considered. Perhaps it is all indulgent squabble. Perhaps it is garbage and snake oil. No chipmunk on Earth cares about doorknobs. Perhaps there's steel wool growing from the vine. Perhaps the fish's skull was made of concrete in order to protect its brain against crashing into rocks. Perhaps everything is okay, after all. I forgot to mention, my electric toothbrush was low on batteries, but I charged them up, and it seems to be working better now. Okay, so, reading back, there's a line in this thing that made it all worthwhile and I didn't remember until I read it out loud and it's the line that goes no chipmunk on earth cares about doorknobs and when that when I wrote that I I laughed and then I never thought about it again until now when I read it out loud I had to hold the laughter again and I I don't know what it is truly I don't see the humor but I still feel that it's funny no chipmunk on earth cares about doorknobs I think it might be the way that the words sound or the brand of nonsense that it is the pure idiocy of it how insignificant it is to our day-to-day lives the progress of civilization and whatever else you might be interested in this is completely counterintuitive to anything intelligent And I think that's why I love it. Perhaps there's no information to be considered. Perhaps it's all indulgent squabble. Perhaps it's garbage and snake oil. No chipmunk on earth cares about doorknobs. Perhaps there's steel wool growing from the vine. Perhaps the fish's skull was made of concrete in order to protect its brain against crashing into rocks. Perhaps everything okay. Everything is okay after all. I forgot to mention, my electric toothbrush was low on batteries, but I charged them up, and it seems to be working better now. I think that description, breaking down the line about the chipmunk, is also exactly applicable I think it's what the rest of it's saying in a lot of different ways. And I like it. I like this one, actually. Sometimes I get self-conscious about the using the patterns. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I 
feels um, a bit annoying, I guess, but in this case, I think it's it works. I like I like each one of those. None of them really bothered me. The ending, I forgot to mention my electric toothbrush was low on batteries, but I charged them up and it seemed to be working better now. I think was felt fun in the moment. Clearly a useless way to end, but I think it might have been um, a way to break that pattern a bit, because there's three lines of perhaps, then you get the protein, the middle, no chipmunk on earth cares about doorknobs. Three more lines of perhaps, I think by putting two at the end uh, with, the, with that toothbrush bit, that's four lines, two and two. I think it at least broke up, made it not as symmetrical. And it is entirely useless information. And that's cathartic at the end of the day. Useless info. Okay, let's go to the next, and I think. Oh, yes. Okay, this one is known as I am yogurt turtling away towards the rocks. Yogurt turtles from the horrendous idiots towards the rocks by the pond. The yogurt floats, turtle-like, towards the rocks by the pond, away from the horrendous idiots who are greedy and entitled. They are not animals, they are not yogurt. They are horrendous idiots, orbiting their own diarrhea. It is truly shocking, but it is a fact of life. Some idiots cannot be reckoned with. Myself, for instance, am completely an idiot in certain ways. But still, I'm yogurt, turtling away towards the rocks. And by the way, I have an idea. For anyone who is an idiot, regardless of how horrendous, there's an antidote. Go to the library, get a book, and sit quietly in a chair. It's an idiot-proof solution to any problem, regardless of rocks and ponds, regardless of floating yogurt. Okay, what's going on here? So, I'm just going to start from the top, think about this whole bit yogurt turtles from the horrendous idiots towards the rocks by the pond I was writing about these idiots I can't remember who they were but I know I was pissed off at someone or some group of people at the time it was nothing real nothing that stayed with me for another day but I think I was 
getting some kind of weird pointless anger off of my chest. I say pointless anger because it wasn't a real wasn't a problem I wanted to hold on to. I think it was just the stress from the day. Yogurt turtles from the horrendous idiots towards the rocks by the pond. The yogurt floats turtle-like towards the rocks by the pond. I think it was fun to repeat the line and exaggerate it through those three bits there. The yogurt floats turtle-like towards the rocks by the pond, away from the horrendous idiots who are greedy and entitled. They are not animals, they are not yogurt. They are horrendous idiots orbiting their own diarrhea. It's truly shocking, but is it a fact of life? Some idiots cannot be reckoned with. Myself, for instance, I'm completely an idiot in certain ways, but still I'm yogurt, turtling away towards the rocks. And by the way, I have an idea. For anyone who is an idiot, regardless of how horrendous, there's an antidote. Go to the library, get a book, and sit quietly in a chair. It's an idiot-proof solution to any problem regardless of rocks and ponds, regardless of floating yogurt. So, we have these idiots. We're showing their not worth getting pissed off about, but still we're pissed off. It's truly shocking, but it's a fact of life. Some idiots cannot be reckoned with. Myself, for instance, I'm completely an idiot in certain ways. So, one theme I think I've been getting orbiting towards more and more is what makes a person smart, what makes a person dumb. It is impossible to decide. I don't think that's actually true, but it's a difficult thing to figure out. Think about your own life, the ways you think you're smart, the ways you think you're dumb, the way other people think you're smart, and the way other people think you're dumb. It'd be great if those things aligned, but generally I doubt they do. Maybe. But it's difficult to really put your finger on what makes a true idiot. There's people you know who you think are idiots, but to really explain why and really get into the detail of it, it's just, I think it's hard to hold in your, in your mind. So, there's the people in the world I go and think, there's a bunch of idiots right there, but there's also my own insecurities in the ways that I see myself as insufficient, 
idiotic, etc. Two very different feelings. One, the first, usually is involved with a lot of anger and judgment to view people you consider idiots. And then there's when you think you're, you're an idiot, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed, you want to hide or do something to, you know, avoid it. So what I'm trying to get at is do those, can those things align? You think you're insufficient. How does that compare to the people you think are insufficient in the world? And what do you make of it? How do you balance the scales? Or is the way that you're an idiot not that bad in your mind? Usually we can appreciate our own shortcomings. Oh, I can't do math. I'm an idiot at math. But it doesn't actually matter because there's calculators or some kind of thought like that. But if you suck at math, you're probably dumb because you have to quantify it somehow. And there has to be a difference between smart and dumb. You understand what I'm saying? And it's a dumb thought. It truly is, but... That's what we're dealing with here. And I think the next posts of the week begin to they continue on that that train of thought and if you go back and look September the first post of the week the title they thought he was an idiot or high or lying so we've got this guy who they thought was an idiot but wasn't so he's a hero of the story the second post chipmunk on earth Is idiotic, but cathartically so. I'm yogurt turtling way towards the rocks. We want the one we just read. Still circling this idea of idiocy and what it means. Okay, let's check out the next one. It's not in the field, September 7th. What do we got? The combine was miscellaneous a snot in the field. A massive chunk of dirt was balancing on top of a power line, like a vasectomy. A salamander's vasectomy has become the antidote for horoscope logic. I was immunized by screensaver juice, and now my fingers won't stop refracting off the graze. And by the way, what kind of a stegosaurus doesn't have a disc man? A fuzz cat eats the doorway. A thread of miraculous elbow noodles peels the light from under the doorway and puts it in a Tupperware. I buried it in the yard, and that is why the dirt has been glowing near the raccoon's hotel. Okay. 
So, snot in the field. Snot in the field. Playing in, in the same territory as Chipmunk on Earth. Another one of these posts that is pushing towards the how dumb can you go while still trying to keep a straight face and be serious and think about these these images and these ideas still trying to hold on to these the the language of it still trying to speak some kind of english but really pushing down to the line of it and that i don't think i'll ever get sick of playing that game i've been doing it for i I don't know, I'd have to count, but ten over 10 years, for sure, probably 15, doing this almost daily. Never got sick of it. And assessing its value, this compulsion, is uh, a point of concern. And trying to figure out where to put it in the world, how to reckon with it, how to deal with it, has been one of the the big, probably spent more time thinking about that than maybe most anything I don't think that's it's impossible to, to divide your thoughts and put them into categories that way it's an exaggeration but I feel like I've spent a lot of time on that never coming to any conclusion I think as soon as you think you, you realize something that way then you should know you're you're wrong. And uh, just learning to accept uh, it's the way you are. Doesn't make sense. But it's fun. And it seems really important when you're doing it. And this is a great example of that kind of writing. combine was miscellaneous, a snot in the field, a massive chunk of dirt was bouncing on top of a power line like a vasectomy. The combine was miscellaneous, a snot in the field. A massive chunk of dirt was bouncing on top of a power line like a vasectomy. A salamander's vasectomy has become the antidote for horoscope logic. I was immunized by screensaver juice, and now my fingers won't stop refracting off the grays. And by the way, what kind of stegosaurus doesn't have a discman? A fuzz cat eats the doorway. 
a thread of miraculous elbow noodles, peels the light from under the doorway, and puts it in a Tupperware. I buried in the yard, and that is why the dirt has been glowing near the raccoon's hotel. It's not in the field. Okay, now, September 8th. You are a dumbass. If you are an idiot, it is difficult not to be. I hope I am a good idiot, a smart, dumb person. I'm good at saving money, but I'm not good at making it. I work pretty hard, but my career is more or less shit. Still, I found a decent amount of contentment, more than I thought I would. I hardly ever read the news, but I do floss almost every day now. I'm inclined to think that if I was smarter, I would have more money. The idiocy of that idea is not lost on me, but still, I haven't let go of it. It's with me often. As I consider it now, I am reminded of something a wise man once told me. He said, Man, you are a dumbass. There is what all the posts were leading to this week. I think this is the clarity of, of it. Unlike the last one, this is written in English. No, no metaphors, no weird images. These are just statements. Breaking down the last few, I can see how I was already leading towards this in my mind and thinking about even my train of thought in the last 24 hours certainly is still um, still spinning maybe what is going on is trying to find a, trying to intellectualize my insecurity at the most basic level first line, if you are an idiot, it is difficult not to be. I quite, I quite like that. It's very true. You can't, if you're dumb, if you're an idiot, if you're stupid, then how do you, how do you not be stupid? You're an idiot, you're an idiot. What are you supposed to do? Just get smart by making a choice. I think I tried the advice two posts ago, go to the library, read a book. It's true. If you don't want to be dumb, that's what you, that's what you can do is go read. Go sit and read. I'm not sure if there's any other actionable way to become smart than reading a book. You 
you can talk to smart people and learn stuff from them, but to reiterate that as your own is different than the way you process it when you read. If that's not true, then I don't know. It just has to be. So, if you were an idiot, it's difficult not to be. And there has to, there you have to draw the line as to not everyone can be smart. Like, you know, there has to be idiots out there. There has to be. So where do you draw the line? Who do you think is an actual idiot? And why? Really, why? And don't leave yourself out of that. I hope I'm a good idiot. A smart, dumb person. So. There are good idiots out there and there are bad idiots out there. A matter of your ethics but we want to help certain idiots get through what they're going through and others we want nothing to do with and we want them to suffer more two types of idiots I'm good at saving money but I'm not good at making it so I don't know if there's a way of separating your earnings with your intelligence. We all know, we've all heard a billion, seen a billion different movies, books, had the conversations, money isn't everything, doesn't show all that stuff of intelligence and not. But to let go of that thought completely doesn't make sense. If you're smart in the world, you may also be rich. You know how to do it. Doesn't I don't have to get into the obvious bits of the there are dumb rich people. There are a lot of dumb rich people, I'm sure, but in some sense the two must have something to do with one another or it's all complete chaos and none of it means anything and it's a total it's total nihilism and maybe that's the case that's fine but you know what I'm talking about I work pretty hard but my career is more or less shit that is a I don't like that sentence, not necessarily for what it says, but it's so brash and it's whiny and it feels woe is me. And I almost, and I remember I should have deleted it, but I, I thought I wanted to see what it would be like to leave it there and to stand by because that is a very true sentiment that I hold that I very much feel that way and have for a, for many years if not in some way or another forever so um, I couldn't deny that it was untrue so I left it there it is
Still, I have found a decent amount of contentment, more than I thought I would. So despite feeling like an idiot and having a shitty career, I'm actually, I actually feel quite good and doing better than I, at times in my life, was sure I would never get to this point of contentment. That's a fact. That's something to be celebrated. That is good. So, basically, it is all bullshit. And I'm, despite my shortcomings, I'm doing great. I truly, in this moment, am. More than I thought I would in my life. That is, a, that is very true. And if you can't, if that's not enough, then you're a fucking idiot. That, that I could say, yeah. If that can't be enough, then I would call up Merriam-Webster, Oxford Dictionary, dictionary.com, whoever's in the business. I would add that to the definition. I hardly ever read the news, but I do floss almost every day now. Simple fact. I'm inclined to think that if I was smarter, I would have more money. The idea of that idiot of that the idiocy of that idea is not lost on me, but still I haven't let it go. It's with me often. As I consider it now, I'm reminded of something a wise man once told me. He said, Man, you are a dumbass. September 9th, Szechuan ergonomics. What do we got? I woke up in the middle of the night because there was a seagull in my bed. It was flapping its wings and tickling my feet. I punched it in the head and tossed it into the hallway. My cat jumped on it, ripped its head off, clawed out its insides, and kicked it down the stairs. We went back to bed. In the morning, when we went downstairs, the steagle was still there. So I picked it up and tossed it onto the sidewalk and slammed the door. After lunch, when I went out for my walk, it was still there, dead on the sidewalk. So I kicked it into the road. And when I came back from my walk, there were tire marks indented into its guts. So I hosed all of the corpse goop and bloody feathers into the sewer. Now, I'm wearing a sweatsuit and practicing Szechuan ergonomics. I'm sitting on the rocks, and my ears have grown to be the size of phone books. That is the entirety of my life at the moment. Except that tomorrow, I will use one of the fast food coupons that we received in the mail last week. Szechuan ergonomics. I like this post. It feels like a resolution to the thoughts on idiocy. I said what I had to say, figured out what it was. And the next day, I, I just let it go. This, this 
unhinged anger towards this seagull. Seagull ends up in my bed, flapping its wings around my feet, punched in the head, tossed in the hallway. My cat jumped on it, ripped its head off, clawed out its insides, and kicked it down the stairs. We got rid of the seagull, and we went back to bed. In the morning, we went downstairs. The seagull was still there. I want to clarify in that if I went back to do this again, I would just want to make sure that we say the seagull was still downstairs. We're talking about its dead corpse. It was just sitting there because we were so exhausted and flipping about this whole thing. We just got it out of our way and went back to bed. We're not going to be cleaning up seagull guts dead seagulls when we're trying to sleep don't bother me we're sleeping that's me and my cat but in the morning picked it up and tossed it in the sidewalk and slammed the door still out of the house but I'm not dealing with this give me my coffee give me my breakfast let me live my life get out of my way seagull but after lunch went up for my walk still there no one took care of it for us you're gonna take care of your the thing that you killed yourself. You don't just kill something and leave it dead in the street. You gotta take care of it. So I kicked into the road. Still, this guy doesn't learn. When I came back from my walk, there were tire so a car drove over it. There were tire marks dented into its guts. So I hosed off all the corpse goop and the bloody feathers into the sewer. I washed it away, finally, begrudgingly so. Now I'm wearing my sweatsuit and practicing Szechuan ergonomics. I'm relaxing. Sitting on the rocks, my ears have grown to be the size of phone books. That is the entirety of my life at the moment. Except that tomorrow, I will use one of the fast food coupons that we received in the mail last week. And that, thinking back to, I think, where I began all of these posts this week, Playing with the tenses. This one is almost a puzzle. And then it says, That is the entirety of my life at the moment. Present tense. Except that tomorrow, thinking of the future, so it's not actually moving into the future. Just thinking about it. I will use one of the fast food coupons that we received in the mail. Past tense last week. So we have a present, a future, and a past. And I, th I think it lands. But that's fun. I appreciate that. So, there's the week. Six posts. September 4th to September 9th. Not bad. Now, what I want to do is read the introduction, the first few pages of my new book, Herman's Review, Herman's Jail, Herman's Jail, I almost said Herman's Review. You can imagine where that came from. Um, this story I've worked on since um, January of this year, 
beginning of the year and finished it maybe September 1. So I spent a good, I worked on some other projects during it, but this was kind of, this was the big focus. I'm happy with how it turned out. I never had a moment where I totally turned on it and thought it was shit and that I should trash it and it was a dumb idea. One of the big struggles with it, you'll see, is uh, it deals with the main character is a little kid. And there's something about when your main character is a little kid, you it's hard to take... You feel like you're not writing something serious because he's a kid. And at times it totally is fine. But at other times I got in my head a bit about it. I wanted it to be serious about you know grown-up problems big drama all this kind of nonsense but he so happens to be a kid and so you get kind of lost in that almost you know it's like it's like you're almost writing young adult fiction because the character's young you get self-conscious about it i i did at certain times with this but still there was no way around it I, that's the character that's what i wanted to write that was kind of the whole point, and um, and that's fine. And there's worse things than oh, it, this is a young adult book. And I don't think it is. And I mean, I don't know. You tell me. But um, you know, something to think about. Something that I couldn't really shake. Um, okay, let's read the first bit of Herman's Jail. I was just scrolling forward trying to decide whereabouts I'd want to read and tell, but I'll find a natural. Actually, there you go. I think I can see uh, it's about a natural pause, natural pause here. <clears throat> okay. He walked closer to the fence, seeing torn wrappers and some contorted mitt. The snow had melted and the grass was dead and beige. He paid little attention to the others. Some of them ran through the dirt and clustered around the hill. He took his hand from the fence and saw lines of silt. Past the corridor, he saw some grease-stained paper bag at the base of the wire. Some small steps onward, he watched his teacher as she patrolled around the brick, circling the building like some vulture carcass being dragged on by a rusted gear. She was stout and old, and her scent wafted from the corridor, smelling of raw and sour chicken piss. He looked at her and felt a lack of his existence in her mind. He suspected that to her, he was merely a dumb animal. As her back turned, he went towards the corridor, towards where the paper bag was. The punishment for someone in his grade going past that particular corridor seemed severe, but he did not fear it. He walked ordinarily as not to draw any attention to himself. The asphalt became jagged. The sun was hidden behind a concrete awning. He saw two girls kissing against the wall beneath it. He thought they were idiots. One of them saw him. She looked familiar somehow. He looked away from her and walked past them. 
Outside of the corridor, he saw that the fence separated the grass from the parking lot. He looked along it and found the paper bag. Inside it were some exploded ketchup packages and burger wrappers and a stack of napkins. The napkins took to the wind and went onto a crumpled cigarette package. He opened the cigarette package and saw it was empty aside from some tinfoil. He ripped out the tinfoil and crumpled it in his hand and then dropped it back on the ground. He followed along the fence and looked through it, towards the cars in the parking lot. He tried to see where the road led. It seemed to have no ending in either direction. He stayed looking at the cars in the road for some time, until he walked farther along, passing the doorway and turning the, co the corner. A bunch of guys stood in some deformed circle. They seemed much older than him. They ate what was left of their burgers and smoked cigarettes. He saw that their faces seemed malformed, their expressions banal and hysterical. He walked towards them in a slight way and stood near them. He tried to hear what they said but did not understand what they were talking about. One of them nodded to him and said, Hey, kid. The guy's face was covered in a harsh acne. His chin looked elongated and his hair covered his eyes. The guy said, What are you doing, man? He didn't respond. What are you kicking on that fence about? He looked away from the guy. Man, you hear me? What are you kicking around that fence about? I don't know. You looking for something? He shrugged. What's your name, bro? He did not answer, but they repeated the question in a tone that frightened him, and finally he responded, Herman. Herman, Herman. Well, you know what? He shrugged again. You shouldn't hang around with guys like us. He stared at them. You know why? No. Because we're pieces of shit. He stared at them for a moment and they stared back until the bell rang. Herman darted off past the parking lot and doorway and back towards the corridor where those idiots were making out. He ran so fast that his legs couldn't keep up to him. His foot caught and he fell into the asphalt. He felt his head slam and his knees scrape against the ground. He was still for a moment. He looked at his knee. It seemed he made a new hole in his sweatpants. He dragged himself under the awning that he saw those girls under. It was a purposeless opening in the corridor. He hid and saw that his hand was cut. There was a small rock punctured inside his palm. He tried to get the rock out with his fingernails, but he couldn't get it. Instead, he put his palm in his mouth and bit out the rock with his teeth. When he nabbed it out, it felt like some flaming gasoline shot through him. He spit onto the ground. The blood pooled and leaked from his palm. He sat against the wall and looked at the way his skin was cut. It frayed in a strange way and took on a new shape. As the pain subsided, it was replaced by a vastness that crept towards his chest. He sat there and stared at his hand until he became bored. He saw a book of matches on the ground. Some of them were already burned. He messed up lighting the first one, but the next one caught, and he lit a plastic juice box straw on fire. It melted and curled like a worm dying in the sun. Afterward, he touched another match flame to some cardboard that was wedged into the corner of the wall. It caught and the flame spread quickly. He got up and kicked it as it burned, until it became black ash. He went back into the school, carefully walking and sneaking around every corner. He didn't want to get busted by any teacher or ratted out by any kid. Some keys jangling, a 
accompanied by some distant footsteps. He darted, to, he darted to some doorway with his back against the wall. He hid and did not move. He listened to every single one of the footsteps as they approached. He saw the shoes and the legs pass right by him. He saw that it was Principal Crumb, the most severe imbecile Herman had ever seen. His teeth grit as he watched the footsteps fade off. He stood at the water fountain and pressed the spout until his thumb turned white, but still the pressure was too limp to reach his hand. He kept jamming it down as hard as he could, but it barely worked. And then, he heard the toilet flush from the bathroom. The water burst from the spout and arced outward, clearing the fountain and splashing onto the ground. He washed off the blood and the specks of dirt. He watched it all go down the porcelain and into the drain. The water stung his hand, but eventually showed the truth of the wound. He saw the rip in his skin and the inside of his hand. And then some idiot came out of the bathroom, a heavy bastard, twice Herman's size. It was a guy he hadn't seen in a long time. He was one of the biggest guys in the entire school. A single flick from him would knock anyone onto their ass. They stood in front of one another, and Herman saw that he had some look of sadness on his face. Herman said to him, Did someone piss you off, man? He saw the guy's expression change, like he was disturbed by some vulgar thought. He swung at Herman and sent him flying towards the wall. Herman was dazed and didn't understand what had happened. His stomach hurt badly from that. Herman got up and saw the guy was still after him. He laid as many punches as he could right into the guy's head, but he was too big and Herman's fist went into him like a molded sponge. He took Herman's head and squeezed it downward and tried to explode it, but then Herman launched outward with his best punch and hit the guy in the chin. He did not fall backward. Instead, he picked Herman up and tossed him at the water fountain. Herman's spine pierced against the tap. He fell and hid beneath the fountain like a wounded animal unable to move. The guy said nothing and he walked down the hallway. Herman stayed under the water fountain and tried not to whimper, but he was hurt badly. He lay hidden beneath the fountain and watched some pair of legs pass, until eventually someone ducked down and looked at him. It was the girl from the corridor who he saw making out with the other girl. She knelt down and looked at him. She asked him if he was okay. He did not answer. She gave him some look of sympathy, and then she walked away from him. And after he saw that she had left, he got up, and then he limped down the hallway, holding his stomach where he had been hit. That's the first section of Herman's Jail. I was ha I'm happy to read that. taking a couple of weeks off of the story and looking back and thinking about where it comes from and when I was a young little kid and where the story goes and all that I feel I feel good about it and uh, I hope that you enjoyed hearing it I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the full audiobook version of this that was a, a really good test run I have read the whole thing out loud when the last edit but doing it with the recording really fun a few little sentence things I might want to change that I, that I caught when I was reading that commas other bullshit whatever 
you know, tiny detail about, I think he was, he walks into the corridor when he's running off from, from those guys. And then he, he might, I think it kind of skips and he goes back into it, even though he might already be there. I don't know. He kind of lost it for a sec, but, um, you know, if that's make or break for the book, for the story, then, you know, it just isn't, it's just not, but I can I'll get in there and, and I'll maybe tweak that on the last, um, when I do the full audiobook reading, but I gotta, I gotta say I'm, I'm damn proud of, uh, of Herman and the story and what it, what it kind of, where it goes and what it means in my life and just sorting through, uh, certain things from my past. So, maybe there's something for you to connect to also. And if not, go fuck yourself. That's basically, uh, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Um, I'll read more Herman's Jail in the future. Maybe I'll pick up, I'll see next week what I want to do. I might read this new thing I'm working on. Um, just see where I'm at with it. But I made some good progress. Um, main character named Igor uh, I knew a kid named Igor I think I was thinking about him when I was writing Herman's book and I never I, don't, I just don't remember the, I remember the guy but I don't he's kind of this mysterious uh, person from my past from really early early I, could, I don't even know his last name I couldn't even look him up if I tried but I think uh, kind of created a reserve there, so I'm writing this new thing, um, and that's the guy's name. And I think it kind of found it in this this world. But last week was was good with it. Um, a lot of the what it means to be an idiot is coming, going into the 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 Igor writings. Um, so that's been, that's been good. Next week, I'm continuing with that. No edits, nothing. I'm just going to focus right on, on, uh, with the Igor story. I've been in editing mode for a little while, more recently, getting these things prepped. And now that I'm, did a week without it last week no editing just writing new stuff the the procrastination demon is different in those two modes the editing procrastination demon is different than the writing procrastination demon the kind of it's, it's a different brand um and so try to try to put it put it into words but I think when you're trying to write you kind of sit there doing feeling like you're wasting time but then you look at the end of the day and you see your word count it's like oh I guess I was working after all even though it seemed like I burned an hour just like reading about you know trying to do research for uh, the book but going down some weird YouTube hole and 
you know, too much exploring, not enough writing. But then at the end of the day, oh, look at that. We hit our, we hit our goal, you know, a couple thousand words or whatever. And so how bad could it have been? But it feels like you're wasting time not getting there. You're, it's, you're exploring, you're going to, you don't know what you're actually doing. So it feels that way not to get too uh, flaky about it, but I think it is actually like when you're going towards a destination you've never been before. Seems to, Sometimes it takes forever. But then when you walk home, you drive home on the way back, it's so short all of a sudden. If you ever go for a hike or a long walk, you might know what I'm talking about. When you're editing, it's like you, you always burn through the day so fast when you're when you're zoned in or you know exactly what you need to do and you're putting it off you take it every other task like oh maybe i'll just wash the dishes okay maybe i'll i'll just do this 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 do everything except the thing except edit so that's kind of the the opposite end of it i find those are the two brands of procrastination it feels it's very different it's a different life but trying to merge those worlds as much as possible and strengthen that because for i think i was putting going on about this last week but the i i did it for a while i was gear shifting between okay i'm in edit mode edit mode edit mode now i'm in writing mode writing mode writing mode having these distinct differences i was playing with that for a couple of years i think and then more lately i'm like wanting to combine the two so I'm trying to, that's the muscle I'm trying to build right now, the uh, combination. So combining those procrastination demons, I should trick them into killing one another so that I can get some fucking work done, I think, is my goal for next week. Thank you for being here. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts. And thank you. Thank you. I think uh, I was looking forward to doing this all week. And uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'll look forward to, to going next Sunday. There's a part of me that wants to even do a second run in the week. But I know that would be crazy. Too much at this point. Maybe one day, but really enjoying this process and uh we'll keep it up so see you then thank you